coming at you. Hey now, it's the weekend. It's payday. It's time to grab a beer. It's Brewing Company. Roll the open. I am not musically gifted at all. I sing in the shower quietly to myself. It's a fun name to say. There's a couple of really fun names to say. I hope I don't have to. Brothers from Greece. Let's just say there's a few letters that are silent. I don't think I would survive very long on if you're smarter than a fifth grader, but I bet I could tell better jokes than they can. Welcome in, everybody, and welcome back to the 33rd episode of Bruin Company. I am your host, Matt Brubaker, and it's been a very long time since I've seen this gentleman, but over the past weekend, we were able to see each other again. But it's also, I think, been a little bit longer since he's been on the podcast. So I get to finally welcome back one of my best friends. And as I said in the second ever episode, still never met anyone that doesn't love this guy. And that still remains true. So we get to welcome back my good buddy, Andrew Podolak. But as I like to call him affectionately, Pod. So Pod, how are you doing today, my friend? Dude, I am doing absolutely fantastic. And I am so happy to be back on the show, man. This is so much fun for me. And I can't wait to get into the topics we have to cover today because there's a lot of passion in my heart for a couple of things we're going to be talking about. So it's, this is going to be fun for me today. Yeah, it seems like every time we have you on, there's something controversial about baseball on the docket. <laughs> I think last year it was was it the home run record in Barry Bonds and steroids. And, and now we'll talk a little bit about some new baseball rules, which... I think we'll get you fired up, and I think it'll allow you to have a little bit more of the platform because as we were walking up, was it like the seventh or the eighth fairway over the weekend? Your tee shots were left, mine were right, and as we were going away from each other, we started yelling at each other our opinions. So now we don't have to yell. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, definitely don't have to yell. So this is going to be good here, and we have a controlled conversation about it, right? But no, yeah, we're going to talk about this and. um, this is one that hits home for me, especially with my mentality towards the game of baseball. It's very, um, you know, win driven. I'm a very, you know, I believe the game should be won or lost. And I don't like to look for excuses in that game. And I'm very traditional in my in my opinions as well. So uh, what we're going to talk about today is going to be very interesting. I also remember the last time you were on, we had the conversation of whether or not I was like the old man on the front porch. Do you remember that with the the tournament out in Arizona? What, what did I call myself back then? Oh my gosh, I, don't I know can't I even can remember. remember it. I'm basically an old man on the front porch, but there was we, a better well, term. We, yeah, we were we were talking about the um, the Phoenix uh, Waste Management Golf Tournament and the <laughs> yeah. players wearing the jerseys and the fans going wild on the par three out there, and you're kind of like the heckling fan or the heckling neighbor, right, on the front porch. It's not like Old Man River because that's from Happy Gilmore. Uh, yeah, it can't be Old Man River. I, I forget what I called myself, but either way, uh, that was that was the last time. So we'll have a little bit of golf discussion on this episode. But before we get into the more serious and the more sportsy topics, this has been the first episode since uh, Sir Marcus Walsh where we've actually gone back to what the original plan was. So you get to help me get back on track here and talk a little bit more, have some more jokes, have a little bit more fun, but also talk a little sports. So I don't know if you've got to listen to any of the episodes here for the new season, but have you, if you have, have you caught on to or enjoyed happy blank day at all? Do you know what that is? I do. I am not going to lie to you, man. I have not thought one of the the most recent episodes. So I'm a little bit behind and I'm not sure what happy blank day is. However, I will tell you that it sounds like a lot of fun and sounds like something that I'm going to enjoy. 
I don't know if it's really that funny for other people, but I'm oh, okay. also not Oops. convinced that everyone really listens. So I'm just basically That's trying better. to entertain myself and maybe the person that comes on for the week. So okay. to catch you up, so you don't have to listen to all the episodes. I think it was probably early January. I'm sitting around. I'm like, oh, and someone on the radio said, hey, today is national whatever day. I'm like, I'll bet you every day in, in the calendar year has a day for something. And I just looked up a random date and sure as the world it was. So I started to think, well, what would be on the podcast release day? So each episode, I've let people know what, I guess for this sake, it would be March the 10th, what March the 10th is. Now, I think I sent you the rundown. I thought I sent it to you twice, but only one of them I maybe went through. But did you happen to see the rundown? Did you see how many holidays are on March the 10th? It's a ridiculous number. There's quite a few holidays on March 10th. It's very surprising that there are that many in Mario day. Like, do I sit at home and play yeah. my Nintendo 64 all day that day? <laughs> I mean, do we have a Mario, a traditional Mario party Friday? Um, and actually bust out the Mario party. Yeah. Or it, maybe just ride I mean, a mushroom. You could do yeah. all kinds of things, throw a banana at someone, yeah. maybe slip yeah. and slide on the railroad track. Yeah. Uh, but there are 23 what? of these dumb things <sighs> on March the 10th, 23, one of 23. which you're correct Holy is Mario Lord. day. And it kind of celebrates the Super Mario Brothers, I guess, generation, if you will. Ironically, I never played that video game. Did you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mario is so fun. And all the games they've tied into the Mario franchise from it have been really good as well. They're good party games. You know, I remember playing like uh, Super Smash Brothers in college a lot on the Nintendo 64 and Mario okay. Kart, right? They're just they're just fun games to hang out with your peers and not take them too serious or anything like that. And just kind of hang out, especially, like I said, especially in college when we played those. And I'm actually trying to get over to my parents' house now to go find my Nintendo 64 that's buried in a closet somewhere just so <laughs> we can play some of these these older style games again because they're so much fun. When you do that, I, I texted you the other day, but when you do that, could you also take one more search around your house or your parents' house to see if you can find another NCAA football 2011 game for PS2? I would be very appreciative if you could do that for me. <laughs> I, I will definitely look and see if we have one. I don't think I do, but we can definitely look for you because I know you're you're on the hunt for that game right now. Anybody listening that knows where he can find an NCAA football 2011 game for PlayStation 2, make sure you send it his way. Yeah, and hook not me up. from eBay. By the way, I think, and this is a this is an admission on my part, and it, it kind of pains me to say this. You are one of two people that has actually beaten me in the NCAA football on PS2 franchise. You're only one of two people. Now, I will say this. It's been about 13 years since someone has beat me, so I've gotten, I think, a lot better. So maybe if I can find a new one that doesn't glitch on me every now and then, maybe we, as the kids say, bring it. Or They don't say bring it back. What are they, Run it back, because I'm not. Run running. it back. Run we it can back. run it Let's back, go. and I'll see if I can just like dominate you like I've done everybody else. I just remember if this is the game I'm thinking of. I just is it, is it is Tennessee's defense extremely good in that game? Back when we played it on PS2, it was yes. Now not so okay. much. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. Back in that game, I think I remember that you obviously played the Buckeyes, which is no surprise to me sure. whatsoever. And I, 
And I, if I just remember, I think their defense is very good. And I think they have a linebacker number 55 that was just <laughs> extremely fast and could actually keep up with the Ohio State quarterback uh-huh. and not allow you to run the option all game on me. So I, I think I had a good plan going into you, especially with how I play that game too on offense. So it's like, I know this works when I do it to the people. So I have yeah. to be able to stop this when I play somebody else, right? So um, I don't run I the option have- though. I'm a very traditional offensive run style but i do the key for me is the mobile quarterback mobile quarterback mobile quarterback let me can i add something here um into this i actually was making dinner earlier for me and my wife and she said that tomorrow or tomorrow i actually recording this on tuesday right but yeah um so wednesday the 8th is actually national women's day Oh, is it? I thought the whole month was. They get a day well, she and said a it's month. The actual day tomorrow. Yeah, wow. the day and a month, right? So she goes. My wonder, my wonderful wife obviously reminded me of this, and she goes, "Yeah, tomorrow's actually my day, so you get to be super nice <laughs> to me tomorrow." And I was like, "Well, perfect, you know, I love it. I love it." I thought Valentine's Day was for the for the women. What the hell? When do we get a day? She's got you know her her uh, Valentine's Day. She's got her birthday, birthday. week. Uh, no week birthday week actually okay. technically birthday month is how we define uh the, me- the month of may hey gets the whole month of may wednesday the 8th is national women's day and then the month of march is national i think it might be international women's month but when yeah. do we get a day when do yeah, I would like- nice well somewhat nice when do somewhat nice I'm scrawny. You're losing a ton of weight right now. You're going to catch me on the on the skinny train here in no time. When do we get a day? Our birthday. I don't even get my own birthday because I have to share it with my mom because hers is the day before mine. I don't have any days. I don't have any days. I get host. And and you, if you do a birthday month since your birthday's in February, you have the shortest month, so you get host. We're getting host. host. Completely. I get I get double yeah, double hose because I got Valentine's Day the day before my birthday <laughs> yeah. as well. So it's like, oh cool, my birthday is you know Tuesday, but Monday I gotta do the yeah. the Valentine's Day thing as well. So it's actually kind of a cheat code because then I then we get to go out to dinner obviously for Valentine's Day or whatever we decide to do, right? And that's a nice yeah. day we can share together. But then my birthday, that one is about me. So it's really fun to like really just kind of lay it on thick um, on that day. Do you ever worry that like your Valentine's Day gift could maybe double up as a birthday gift and maybe you lose a birthday gift? Have you ever worried about this? I've asked someone else before and he said, no, he doesn't worry about it. You know, at least from like a guy's perspective, I don't feel like women traditionally like buy a man a valentine's day gift i, I could no, be totally wrong they, they if, if there's any women on it that listen to this or like oh dude he's so crazy i buy my husband a car every valentine's day whatever the case is right no. but i mean <laughs> we we in this relationship like the man is typically the one who buys you know gets flowers chocolates a car you know jewelry i mean so just something for that they would like Wait, you know, do you get all those for one there. valentine's day uh, no, not typically. I was no. going to say, Tay is a very lucky woman. She already is, but even more so on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I, t- typically typically uh, a card, uh, flowers, and some okay. sort of gift. This year we decided um, we we didn't we didn't want to do gifts this year. Um, we decided to do like a, a joint cooking class together. So we actually went to the class at Surla Table together at Easton. Uh, that was the first time we've ever done that. It was a lot of fun. We had a great oh. time doing it. Um, so that was kind of like our gift to each other, um, was to go take a cooking class together this year. That's cool. That's cool. Different, different route. Right. I like that. Well, I, 
<laughs> I'm not even gonna say what I'm thinking next. Let me just tell you the rest of the happy <laughs> blank days. All right, there's 23 of these darn things. We've already touched on uh it's Mario Day. There's also National Ranch Day, which I'm a person that is a proponent against a lot of things that everybody else likes. I hate ranch, I hate avocados, I hate the the guacamole, I hate that stuff. But March the 10th is National Ranch Day. This is interesting because I'll ask you a question after this. It is also National Landline Telephone Day. Do you know anyone that still has a landline? I do. My parents. Yeah, my parents do. Okay. Um, definitely have one. Uh, they also have the old school rotary phones. Still my grandma had that. Yeah. Yeah. Hanging on the wall. Um, and I have a question. This is National Ranch Day. Are we yeah. sure it's like ranch dressing and not like a farmer's <laughs> ranch? Actually, no, that's a fair question. It probably doubles as both because I would assume if you if you just talk about the salad dressing, you're probably offending the farmers. But if it's just about the farmers, then you're ticking off all the people that put it on broccoli and carrots and all that crap. I'm going to go with I took it as the salad dressing, but it you is. make it. Like the show, the yeah. ranch on Netflix, fantastic show. Yeah. Missed that very dearly, but it very well could so, be farmers. Yeah. So yeah, the national today. Um, I looked it up on Google. It says for National Ranch Day on March 10th, you should put ranch on everything. We meet it <laughs> everything because honestly, what dish isn't what dish isn't made better by ranch? Yeah, there's a comedian that I listen to. He goes, "Oh man, I could just about eat anything as long as you give me ranch." He goes, "I'd probably eat dog turds. You, I just need more ranch. I just need more ranch." <laughs> I've never had it. I never even want to try it. Uh, here we go. Here's another. The, the holidays are the dumbest thing. And there's 23 of these things on March the 10th. This one is National Middle Name Pride Day. I know your middle name is John. I've heard your mom use it multiple times. You know, mine is Lee for the same reason. <laughs> <laughs> I find this dumb. Yep, absolutely. Here's one that I think I partake in every weekday of a working year. March the 10th is National Pack Your Lunch Day. I do it every day. And for the most part, I eat the same hmm. thing every day because I'm a nine-year-old child. My question to you, Pode, do you ever pack your lunch? And if you do, what do you pack? Yeah, so um, tip, that's a good question. Um, recently, probably last six months, as you said, I've you know, lost, obviously, you know, I've been getting my health on track and lost a lot of weight. I have yeah. definitely- like, 60 pounds made, for uh, the big guy. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so I have- um, been packing my lunch. Typically, okay. I will just bring leftovers from the night prior or you know, whatever we have for dinner yeah. just to make it easy. So nothing crazy. But if I'm going to pack my lunch, I usually just eat leftovers from whatever we had. See, I think you're in the majority of what people do for lunch because I've never taken leftovers for lunch unless it's like maybe oh. some pizza when I was working in an office. But yeah. I don't think pizza in the microwave is that good. I this is again. I'm a nine year old child. Just take me back to third grade, and then if we can have recess three times a week, I'm happy. But I have a I have a ham and cheese yeah. sandwich on the honey oat bread from Kroger's private selection. I, I live it up over here. Now I also have a Granny Smith apple, a Yo Play yogurt, and a cheese stick every damn day. Tell me that doesn't just shout nine year old child. That sounds like it's that sounds like a third grade lunch. 
Yeah, the only thing that's missing there is we got to swap out the yogurt for a snack pack, a chocolate snack oh. pack, and I think <laughs> yeah. you'd really be hitting the emphasis on the nine-year-old child. And then to follow it up maybe with like that embarrassing, you know, note on the napkin from your mom that I used to get in my lunch when I bring it. it says, "Hey, I love you. Have a good day. Love that's, mom." And then all right. my friends are like, "Ha ha! Your mom wrote you a love note." Yeah, that happened but, to me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't have the note. Roll. But yeah, snack packs. You're the coolest. I love that. I see you're drinking something. So before we we touch on the last happy blank day, what what you got there? It's a nice glass, by the way. Yeah, it's a rocks glass. I made um made myself an old fashioned. Nice. And I'm yeah. Actually, I bought a bottle of uh Saint Elmo's Steakhouse's own bourbon that they came out with. Um, I just found it in Kroger one day, and I've actually had the bottle for a while. Never opened it and tried it tonight. It's actually really good. Saint Saint Elmo, so, not to be confused with Saint Elmo's Fire, correct? What did you say it was called? Saint Elmo's Steakhouse. It's over in Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, does it have anything it, to do with that song, Saint Elmo's Fire? Any relation? Any ties? Think so. Um, I just know it's uh, supposed to be a very you know old school, very nice uh, you know steakhouse in Indianapolis. And if you ever go to Indianapolis, I would highly recommend you try it. I, I haven't personally been there yet. Uh, I want to take a trip to Indianapolis this summer. For a weekend, and um, we're gonna. I'm gonna try to take her there and uh, to another big Indianapolis steakhouse called Charles Mulligan's Steakhouse. So, can um, I uh, can I tag team and come with you? A little uh, <laughs> a third wheel action. I mean, yeah. hey, you Taya, me and the pups. It'll be a, a nice little group. How about that? Yeah, I'm sure the dog would love to have a <laughs> yeah. you know 12 ounce ribeye uh, or Kansas City strip steak. I'm sure she I, would love that. I would. It's better than ranch. <laughs> Uh, the last one, though, let me tell you what I'm drinking, because we did, as I said, Poe and I played golf on Sunday. Uh, it was about 54 degrees, pretty solid day. And to start the year, for me, shooting 73, I, I don't know if I'm going to play or hit the ball as well as I did on Sunday. Like, I'll shoot those scores again. But, man, the shots that I was hitting and thinking about and executing, I don't know if I'm going to get much better than what I did on Sunday. But I think the reason I played so well is I kind of matched up some extra gum, the uh, the spearmint gum, with a rolling mm-hmm. rock. And I was rolling the rock pretty well on Sunday. So I'm going to roll the rock again here today on the podcast. I'm going to crack open another rolling rock. Here is to Arnold Palmer. Arnold Palmer. Love it. By the way, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, I, I came home afterwards, Bode. Uh I went to Kroger first. And it's the North Kroger that we went to school right across from. Yep. And... They remember, I'm just going to, I'll just say the first name. Remember Kathy at the Kroger that we used to work and, and she, yeah, and you didn't last there very long for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Why. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same woman who did it. What? Why did you, why did you get removed from that job so quickly? I, I remember your mom telling me, but I forget what the yeah, story yeah. was. I, I don't even know. Um, it's, you know, it was embarrassing. It? it was so embarrassing. I mean, I was, I don't remember how young you could be. Was it, could you be 15 14, and a half and 14, get a job? 14, 14 and get a job. And I definitely got a job somewhere in that time frame. And I remember I remember I actually worked there with a good buddy of mine named Nick Bear. And yeah. we actually, we would be on cart duty in the parking lot. <laughs> and we'd take a styrofoam football out of the store that they would sell and just sit out there in the parking lot and throw a styrofoam football back and forth. And it was funny because I was the one who got in trouble for that and not uh-huh. Nick. So uh, just, just you? I, I don't know that. Yeah, 
I don't know if that's the sole reason that I don't, I never work there anymore, but, um, Dude, you know, I actually went on, <laughs> I could definitely get away with it. I, I went on to work at Pizza Hut following that for years, actually, uh, through the rest of my high school career and, and had a much better experience there. So, well, the reason I bring up this Kroger stop before their Arnold Palmer Invitational is I, I got my groceries at the, at the K Roger. And the reason I bring that up is usually when you go there, the cashiers and the baggers, first of all, are hardly ever there. Second of all, there's no uniforms, by the way. You can wear whatever the hell you want. You just got to throw on one of the bibs and put a name tag on. You could wear the most inappropriate shirt ever and no pants. And as long as you got the bib on and your name tag, you're covered. But usually they don't do a good job. They don't really bag it well because, you know, Kathy didn't train them how to do it. But this cashier was very nice. She did a very good job. She was very efficient. I could barely keep up with her. And the baggers did a pretty good job. They could have put some more things in some of the bags, but I won't I won't critique them too much. But what made this funny was the the one kid, he goes, sir, would you like your milk in a bag? And I'm like, yes, sir. He goes, all right. And he puts it in there. I'm like, how are you doing today? He goes, I'm doing all right. I'm like, well, hey, I tell you what, man, I when I did this in high school, I actually thoroughly enjoyed working at Kroger. And it's ironically helped me a lot in every other job that I've ever done since. He goes, oh, man, I'm surprised to hear that. It's a real struggle. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't say anything that I was thinking to him, but I'm thinking to myself, if you're, let's say he's 18, if you're 18 and you think bagging groceries is a struggle, I just hope for his sake that he doesn't get too shocked by the world after high school graduation, because if bagging groceries and putting one thing in a bag is a struggle, sweet Lord, have mercy on him when he has to go and apply for a job, because I'm just going to say I would be, I would be so happy to go back to the K Roger and bag groceries, just mindless work for the rest of my life. You can make good money now because, you know, inflation's so high that you know, they pay you 20 bucks to throw a bag of cheese in a bag. I'll do that for 17 an hour. It's too funny. You're absolutely right, man. I, you know, it's funny because you, you start talking about that and I start thinking in my head and I'm like, Real man, you, we're getting, we're getting old, man. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm 34 and I'm like, man, those, uh, those kids that are 15, 16 years old now, their parents are almost my age. And I was like, man, those are, that kid could very well be from some of my peers. And it's like, I don't really think we thought that way that much when we were kids yeah. working our jobs. So it's just, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a different, it's different mindset now, you, you know, towards a lot of things in life than when we were, yeah. um, when we were kids. So for sure. I always say that I'm old and my mom always yells at me, but I think she's mad at me because then she realizes, because if I'm saying I'm old, that makes her like really old, but for sure you and I, and, and people in our age range, like, 32 to 36 let's let's do that range we're not young and we're not old we're we're, we're like this no man's land we're a man without a country is what we are like where do we fit in you know those like surveys like oh between 18 and 34 said this and 40 to 55 said this what about the 35 to 39ers we, we just are forgotten. Our opinion doesn't matter. What if what if we weren't happy sure. with the service we got from the Snickers ice cream bar? They don't give a crap about the 35 to 39ers. I'm about to be 35 in a couple of months. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where we fall, my friend. Um, I do know we have to make a decision because the last national blank day for March the 10th is National Drake Day. 
And this honors everybody named Drake, the college, the basketball team. I've never met anybody named Drake, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Name your favorite Drake song. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Drake fan, mostly country guy, but I like a good Drake song. What's your favorite? Can it be a song that other people are into? You know what? As I was thinking of this, he does a lot of songs with a ton of other people. So yes, I'll let you, I'll let you go in that line. So I don't really follow Drake. I don't really have an opinion on him. Twenty-one. To be fair, the only song I know off the top of my head that he's even in is mm-hmm. uh, "Forever." Yeah, the rap song with Lil Wayne and Eminem and Drake mm-hmm. and and all of them. Yeah. Everybody, everybody knows this song. That's probably that's I have to say that one because that's the literally the only one that I can name at this time that Drake's in. Yeah, I, I'd say that's a good one. My my top one and. For those of you that don't know, I think Poe might at least be aware of this. Uh, I had a amateur and aspiring rap career my senior year of college <laughs> and a couple of years afterwards. It was a hobby. And to be frank with you, it really helped me with the editing and my skills of editing for something like this. But, you know, I'm good with words and I had to put it in music form. But I'm usually a big country guy. So I know a ton of country songs from the very first word to the very last one. But I've never been good at being able to figure out the lyrics to a rap song. The very first rap song I ever knew word for word was Jennifer Lopez and Ja Rule. I'm real. Love that song. And if I could ever find a chick to sing that with me, I will actually do it for a karaoke night. But my favorite Drake song is another rap song that I know every word to. And Poet, I might even impress you on this. Do you know the song H-Y-F-R? You ever heard that song? It's with Drake and Wayne. Never heard it? Never, never. Well, let me let me break this way. I've never heard of the name of it. Yeah. But if you if I if it started playing in the background right now, I'd maybe like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. But I don't know it well by any I I would sing it for you, but I would have to do a lot of editing because there's a lot of swear words. Even in the in the the letters, H Y F R, it's hell yeah. F and right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. But I know every single word of Drake's and Lil Wayne's. And it's a hard song to sing. You almost have to take a very deep breath. It's like a swimmer. You just have to use the lung capacity. But man, I knocked that song out. I'm very good at singing that song. So I think that would be my favorite one. H-Y-F-R. Um, I think maybe that should be your intro for your next episode is instead of playing the typical music, you have to (laughs) lay the music behind it and rap H Y F R by Drake in the background. I've, I've honest to God thought about doing it, but I I think because I listen to a lot of common man and T-bone and Spotify flags podcast, if there's a certain amount or a certain length of songs that you don't have the rights to play and they pull it from Spotify. But I've always thought that would be kind of fun to show off my talents but I also, you know, it's all about not getting canceled in today's culture. And I'm not That's about true. to get canceled. No one listens yeah. anyway, but somehow, somewhere, some jabron in California is listening who's like a Spotify rep and he's going to flag me and I'm going to get canceled. And all nine people that listen are going to be, where the hell's brew? Well, he's saying yeah. HYFR. Yeah, you can't do that. Those, those dedicated nine fans. I think we just have to do karaoke. You and I yeah. learn that yeah, song. No. You do yeah. the Drake parts. I'll do the Lil Wayne parts. How about oh, that? Oh, gosh. 
Now, would <laughs> Taya want to do the the duet with me on I'm Real? She can be J-Lo and I'll be Ja Rule. That'd be fun so, in Indy. We'd go get a steak and go to karaoke night. <laughs> Taya is actually a very good singer. Really? Um, yeah, she's a very good singer. Um, it's just, she has the, the rhythm and the, and the tone, and she's actually a very good singer. I am not a good singer. I have no rhythm and I have no tone. So that probably is really what impacts my golf swing is having no rhythm. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Poden and I are here, and we're going to talk a, a very special subject to Pode and Pode's heart, and that is baseball. Uh, we will definitely keep you up to date. Uh, we will come in with breaking news when we do find out Taya's favorite Drake song. We got an update from Pode. Pode, what did you say? She said through a text she'd have to Google it. <laughs> yeah, she said, I honestly, I'm honestly Googling because I don't really like Drake. So right, well, I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, we don't know what we're going to get. It's going to be uh, a guess, right? Okay. I don't know. She's probably just going to say what I said, to be fair, because that's probably like, once again, if I was like, Tay, what, what is the only Drake song you know off the top of your head? It's probably the only one she knows, just like me, because we, we don't really <laughs> listen to him. Well, break in whenever you get the answer, because I, will. I for I will. one, am very excited about this, and I, I hope the people listening are just as excited about the breaking <laughs> news of which Drake song is Poe's wife, Taya, the most fond of so we'll, we'll oh, come back geez. to that but to kind of pick up our conversation from the golf course on sunday ironically enough but you asked me the question which i should have asked you first but we were just talking about the new rules in baseball to be honest with you the bigger bases is just weird to me but i can see maybe from a safety standpoint that 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 makes some sense so we don't have to discuss that too much but we really just have the discussion on the pitch clock so you're the baseball guy so Overall, just to start off, what are your thoughts on the pitch clock? Uh, does it benefit the batter or the pitcher more? Does it hurt both? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I love this question. Um, let me let me answer the bases one first real quick, and this will only take three seconds to answer. But my opinion on the bases is I can see that as a safety thing. Uh, more, I would say, first base is obviously the most important to have be a bigger base just so you're not stepping on the first baseman's ankle or anything like that. I don't really have an issue with that one being a bigger size. <clears throat> Second base should be normal size and third base should be normal size. First base should be a little one. It's like a double bag or whatever, just like softball rules or anything like that, if they're going to change that. But that's not even that big of a deal. Uh, but the pitch clock, the pitch clock is a major problem for me. The, I think I think my biggest complaint with it from the beginning is is that baseball has never traditionally been a time-based game there's no four quarters mm -hmm. you know there's no two halves it's not like a, a 60 minute game like like the nfl is or anything like that so the time that it takes for the pitcher to throw the ball or for the batter to get in the box to swing doesn't really have like a direct impact on the other team's possession of the game if that makes sense whereas like the NFL obviously has a play clock, but that makes sense because if you didn't have a play clock and the team ran the football and were up by three points, they could effectively hold the ball literally the entire game and the game would just be over. That's what high school basketball teams do that are, are correct, extremely overmatched. They just hold the ball. That's ex You're exactly right. So, But baseball doesn't have that, right? The, the way you win a baseball game is whoever's got more runs by the end of the ninth inning or in, you know, in extra innings, obviously whoever's more runs by the end of extra innings. So it, it doesn't to me need a, a timer there as a batter. I think as a batter, I think it would impact me less than it, as it does a pitcher. Um, 
from a batting standpoint, like it's nice to step in and out of the box a couple of times, especially in, you know, a really big moment, you know, just to you know, take a deep breath, collect yourselves, get calm, you know, yourself, get calm, you know, recenter your mind, especially if the pitcher fools you, whatever the case is, right. Especially in a big moment, but for a pitcher, I mean, the batter may see, you know, one to seven, maybe seven pitches in an mm-hmm. at-bat, whereas the pitcher may throw, you know, heck, you may throw 40 pitches in an inning if you're having a rough inning. Yeah. And, like, that's, you know, snap of the fingers, boom, 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 let's keep going. And that's very, you know, exhausting is a good word to use there. Um, mentally and, exhausting, just, probably, right? Mentally, yeah, mentally physically, mentally. Yeah. And, I mean, you're just speeding the game. You're speeding the game up, but you're not speeding the game up in the right way. I told you this when we were walking up the eighth fairway. Uh, I also remembered my name. It's get off your lawn guy or get off my lawn guy. Get off your lawn guy. That's uh, correct. So you might be that guy on this episode, but I'm also with you. So it, we can be get off our lawn guys when talking baseball because baseball of the maybe the three majors of football, basketball, baseball would be at least my my third in terms of favorites. But at the same time, that was the one that I played first. So I, I do like baseball. I loved baseball when the Braves were on TV. But I don't think a lot of the traditionalists for baseball care about the time that it takes. Because, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, baseball is a thinking man's game and it's a strategy game. I don't, rem- I don't know a lot of things that are thinking-based and strategy-based that you would like to rush and still expect good results. I know, you know, like when we had to take the ACTs and the SATs in high school, those are time, there's a restriction of time. But to be honest with you, man, if they gave you just a little bit more time and you didn't feel rushed, I bet a lot more kids back in the day and even today would do better on the ACT and the SAT because they weren't rushed. I would assume pitchers, I think there's a fine line between not taking all the time in the world just to throw one pitch. But there's got to be a middle ground between that and having a 15-second pitch clock. The traditionalist, if you're going to a baseball game, I told you this on Sunday. If you're going to a baseball game and your only concern is when am I leaving, just don't go. Progressive Field, when I used to work in Cleveland, at the time it was the Indians, now it's the Guardians. They have continually, since I've been up there, they've just added more to the stadium. They haven't added more seats. They've taken out seats and they put more things in the stadium to distract you from the product on the field. I've said that about the Browns forever. The reason that the Browns have different mascots and uh, different color schemes and new jerseys and different helmets and a different stadium and a different name and bigger video boards, it's to distract the fans from the product on the field. In the Browns case, it's because they're terrible. In baseball, I think they're trying to keep all these people coming to the games and keep their attention for just a little bit. And no one cares about the game. The people that care about the games, like the the John Adams, the the drum guy from from Cleveland who just passed away, people like him, the loyal baseball fans, they don't care if the game goes 15 innings. They want to watch a good baseball game. These millennials out there that don't care about the baseball game, we're kind of like bowing down to them to try to make it shorter. And for you, man, I I bet it's, I wouldn't say it's offensive to you, but it, it probably makes the baseball game shine a little bit less because of what they're doing to the game now, just because of speed. It hundred percent does. So I, you know, when I knew we were going to talk about this, I actually pulled some, some, some data here and this is, this is what I love. Um, so obviously baseball was introduced uh, back the first rule change to baseball. And it was called the Knickerbocker rules. 
back in the day it was in 1857. Oh, wow. Okay. That's when the rules started for baseball. And this is a big, this is, you know, there's obviously rules that have gone from that time till now, but we had a huge gap from 1988 to 2008 where they did not introduce a single rule into the game of baseball in over 20 years. And wow. I personally love that. I think that's great. And even in 2008, when they, when they, they entered their first, you know, new rule, that was when they added um, reviews on home runs, fair and foul down the lines, right? Replay effects. So that's not even a crazy rule. Like that one I can get along with. I mean, I think that one is a little bit more important than, you know, an um, a digital umpire strike zone or mm -hmm. uh, even a, a, an out or safe call at first base, you know, fair or foul on a home run is a pretty big one because it could be a one run play or it could be a four run play. Sure. That's a big one, you know? So, you know, to, but to, to circle back to what you were talking about, they have definitely added a lot of things into the stands. And I almost think that that it's the cynical mind of my head is I see it as they add the more stuff into the stands. They try to shorten the game to eliminate their costs and turn more of a profit in the stadium. That's so fair. they, the game shorter, which means they don't have to pay people as long to be there. All those hourly employees that are working. I mean, a lot of those people are volunteers too, supporting causes on the backside, but then the more stuff they have scattered around the stadium, the more money they can make because you're paying for it. Because, you know, if they see the the ball machine, right, where the kids want to see how fast they're throwing, of course the dad's going to let the kid do it because yeah. it's just the way it is. You know, they're going to buy a hat if they run into the right, you know, into the vendor. It's just... Yeah, it's always so that, about I mean, the money. You're 100% right. Dude, it's always about it's about money and time, right? And that's yeah. usually what people are always about in life is money and time. Um, and, and, yeah, it just it bothers me. The... The pitch clock thing is going to have to go. Um, I, I think we talked about it on, when we were walking around the golf course. And I told you, you know, I don't care as much during the regular season. Yep. But I think in the postseason, it's just got to be gone. I mean, the postseason games are too intense. There's too much in there. And it's too much a on game like baseball. Yeah. And a game like baseball, it's not supposed to have a time limit. Mm -hmm. can't have a time limit impact the outcome of a game. You know, and that that's just my opinion. Um, you know, and the other thing we were talking about, you know, I don't know how you said, I don't know, you know, how long it takes you to want to throw another pitch or anything like that, or, or how long you take, or, you know, people obviously got to be, you know, respectful about it. And most people are, yeah. um, but it's all rhythm based too, you know, just like a hitter, as I was saying earlier, but a pitcher is the same way. If they get into a rhythm and they're doing well, like they're going to just catch the ball and keep going. Right. Cause they're in a mm -hmm. rhythm. They feel good, but they want to be able to, to step off, take 45 seconds, take a minute walking around, scratch their head, you know, clear their mind. Right. And get back into a rhythm. You know, it, it's part of the game. It's it's the reason the game is developed the way it is and set up the way it is. You know, they've always said for the longest time and the way I was taught was when I was a pitcher and I had the ball, I was in control of the pace of the game. hundred percent. I remember right? that. The game was flowing how I wanted it to flow when right. I was on the mound. And when you take that away, you're taking away a huge advantage for somebody that is a pitcher that is very good at controlling yeah. the pace of the game. It's a and honestly, man, I honestly think it may lead to even some more injuries this year. And I hate to say that, but you know, you're forcing these guys to throw quicker, you know, not not take that extra 10 seconds they need. And that that can just wear your body down faster, too. So we may see, you know, shorter innings out of starters. So there's a lot of you know things that could happen this year because of introducing the pitch clock. I time is money. You kind of said money and time yeah. are very important. Time is money. I'm I'm all for that. 
I think there are other or maybe better ways to not really screw with the integrity of the game, but still make the game Correct. a little less extreme. You don't need these nine inning four to three games that are going four hours. There, there are, I think, other ways you could cut time. Uh, one of the things that just came up in my mind as you were talking, just thinking of pitchers, is I've never understood why when you're in the bullpen, let's say it's middle of the sixth, middle of the seventh, or maybe your pitcher's just in a struggle and they're warming up in the bullpen and the manager's going to the elbow like, hey, bring this guy in. That guy's warm. Why then when he comes on the mound, does he get more warm-up pitches? How much more warm can he be? I've never understood that. You could, I know yeah. it's just a, a little thing you could change, but that just makes no sense to me. But yeah, I would say yeah. your sport, baseball, and my sport, golf, are kind of similar in this. Golf doesn't have a time restriction or some type of time that you have to meet. But there is a point of when it becomes a little too extreme and guys are playing a little too slow, they put those guys on the clock. If you want to try to meet in the middle, I can understand, again, time is money and people have other things they want to do and fill as much in that 24 hours as they can. I say you just let the guys play baseball the way they've done, and then they have to come up with some type of a, a gauge to figure out when it's going too slow or they're really milking the time and just put these guys on the clock at that point. I don't know how you do that, but golf, I think, is if you're going to tell me, let's say the next time we go in golf, Brew, you have to hit this putt, every putt you look at, in seven seconds. I would never make a putt again. I just think yeah. maybe you look at golf a little bit and say, keep the integrity of baseball in line. Let's try to not make these four to three games in just nine innings go four and a half hours. But let's also <clears throat> allow these guys to think this is a thinking game. And yeah, th there's got to be a middle ground for me. There, there does, man. There has to be. And actually, it's funny because what you said gave me the solution to, <clears throat> excuse me, the solution to their problem. And the way they track everything in sports now, I know for a fact that they track this because a stat that they've already talked about on ESPN and all these talk shows is who has the longest amount of time between pitches in baseball. And it's actually, um, I could be wrong here, but from what I remember reading is it was actually Otani for the Angels. Yeah, takes the yeah, longest yeah. time in between pitches. By the way, and he's one of the best in baseball. For sure. <laughs> right. You know. But here's what they do. They say, okay, cool. We've looked at every pitcher. We have enough data. The longest time in between pitches is, let's just say, 40 seconds. Mm -hmm. The time he catches the ball till he throws the next one. So you know there's somebody on the other side timing this every time. Yeah. They can, And the umpires all have microphones and earpieces in, so they can all talk to each other. So why not just say, we're not going to put a pitch clock up there. And when that person gets to 40 seconds for Otani or whoever it is, the umpire stops the game, goes, 40 seconds, gives him a quick, you know, let's go. You're taking too much time. And if he does it twice or two or three times throughout the game, electric, then hit him with a, hit him with a box <laughs> or hit him with a, something. an automatic intentional walk or, or yeah. something along those lines. Right. But if you, you can't can make the entire, um, you know, the entire pitching arsenal in all of major league baseball conform to something that they've never had to do for their entire career. Yeah. And to be fair, some you know that 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 may be something that allows them to compete at the level that they are in that actual game that they're playing, right? It, it's just it's it's unbelievably unacceptable, and this this rivals the shift for me. The shift, the banning of the defensive shifts. Um, I have a very a very strong opinion about that as well. And you don't um, like that they're banning them, or you want it to go back to like third is at third, shorts at short. Where do you stand on that? 
So they they recently banned the infield being yeah. able to shift. Yep. And the new rule is that the infielders have to have all their feet on the grass or on the dirt or the infield grass before the pitch is thrown. And there must be two defensive players on either side of the base, uh, second base. Yep. And personally speaking, from a, a baseball player, I hate it. And I know the only reason that they did it is because all these guys that can only hit the ball in yeah. the six hole <laughs> or the four hole, which is you know first base and second base or shortstop and third base, were complaining that their batting averages suffered because yeah. they can only hit the ball to that side of the field. Oh, don't and, get me started on shifts. Oh, and, hell. And, and to me, once again, the whole point of the game is to be able to get on base and score a run. Right, And if the defense wants to shift their team to the other side of the field because yeah. they feel like you're going to hit the ball over here and then they're <laughs> out of position and you hit a ball past them, how is that any different than a safety getting getting his legs broken on a receiver who makes a tremendous cut or a great double move? It's not any different. How is it any different than the guy not knowing the play in defense or basketball and getting totally burned on an 80-yard touchdown pass? It's no different. It's horrible that they put this in the game. And it's gonna. I personally think that it's not going to make it nearly as much of an impact as you think it is because they're going to get smart and the teams are going to figure out a way to get around it. And they actually already have. And what they're doing the is they're moving, their, they're moving their outfielder into that position. Yeah. So if these teams are just – these I mean, hitters, you know what it is to me? It's like a double team in basketball. Oh, well, let's double LeBron because he's excellent. Yeah. Well, you know, you're also taking the risk that a guy in the corner is wide open for three. Like if perfect, my thing with a shift is these guys, what we're told is you're the best of the best. You've worked your way up from single a all the way up to the minors. Now you're in the big show. If you're telling me that a guy that is a lefty can't hit the ball to left field, I'm going to say you're not as good as, as they're paying you. I can hit the ball over the field. I'm terrible. You, there's no way that someone can convince me to say, oh, well, this shift is hurting my batting average. Do you see all that dirt down the left field line? Just pop it over to left field. It's it's really not that difficult. It, it, it would be like banning the double team in the NBA. Yeah, and, and to your point, it's not – the batting average is part of it, but the bigger thing is is that all these guys try to do is pull balls down the line and hit home runs, right? <laughs> because exactly. the fans, no offense to fans, but the fans love to see somebody hit a home run, right? Yeah, well, fans like, are idiots. Oh, That's why the pitch clock's oh, in play. Oh, home run. It's great. Oh, home run. It's great. Shiny but new object. Of, oh. Right. But at the end of the day, the objective of the baseball game is to win the game yeah. at the foundational <laughs> level. Anything that you do, the objective is to win the game. Or if you're at work, the objective is to do a good job at work. I don't purposely go, Oh, you took my computer away today. Oh, <laughs> I don't have another one sitting right here. Oh, I can't work now. Right. Like you're just not going to do that. Like your phone rings. I you don't would. look at it and go, boss, I, my phone's ringing. Um, I don't answer those on Tuesday. You don't say that. You don't do those things. So it's just, it, it's it's going to hurt the game. And I think what you're going to see have happen is I think it's going to get a little bit more boring and you're probably going to see even more offense this year. But I think that, it, I just personally think it's a bad look for the traditionalists in the game. And I think yeah. it, it, baseball has, over the last few years, some of the rules that they've changed, you know, they're kind of like, it almost seemed like that they were 
like trying to sprinkle in a few like not so big ones to see how like the community would react the the true diehard baseball community would react yeah. like i'm okay with you know the ghost runner on second base and extra innings. See, I don't like i'm that okay either. with that i don't love it but it's like okay i can deal with that you know i can deal with the universal de- designated hitter i don't love it personally i think that yeah. there should be no dh but I can deal with it. You know, I can deal with the postseason adding more teams. I don't think that's a bad thing. I love this, the seven inning double headers. I think that's a great rule that they just, that they implemented. Um, well, the so extra like, thing to me, like, let me ask you this. Cause you, obviously you were a pitcher, but you could also hit as well. Again, maybe this is an elementary thought. If you have a runner on second base to start an inning with no outs, it's not like you're starting the inning with one out and a runner on second. How come the games don't just continue to be played inning after inning? Because if you're asking me, this is what you do. Bunt it over to the first base side, get that runner to third. Next guy that comes up, sack fly to deep right center field, get him home, and you just do that round and round we go in the 10th and the 11th and the 12th. Your point, which you said earlier, it's all about hitting home runs and pulling the ball. That's why it works. Because you see in the regular season, and I've seen with the Braves in the postseason, there's a lot of teams that have no idea how to manufacture a run. The Phillies got to 100%. the World Series last year because they knew how to do that, and they had a good pitching staff. But there are teams in baseball that have no idea how to get a runner from second to home, bunt them over, hit it deep, get them in, and all of a sudden you got two outs and a run home, and you should be able to win the game that way. I played for uh, all the guys I played for. The one, My high school baseball coach was one of my absolute – He's he's – one of the best baseball minds that I've ever had the pleasure of getting to spend time with. And, and he's a very traditional baseball guy like myself. And I think that's probably why we get along so great. When we talk baseball and I would remember he didn't care if you were the, the three hole hitter, the four hole hitter, the five hole hitter. If it was time to lay down a bunt, you Ooh. lay down a bunt. Right. I mean, like if, if, you know, if we were in that situation and I got up there as a four hole hitter, which is what I was in high school, I've been like, okay, which side am I dropping this down? Like I knew that was coming as a player because the more important thing for me was to win the game and right. to win the game. I got to get the guy over. So the guy behind me could do his job. And it's almost like now they're just like, Oh, there's a guy in second. Okay. Well, let me try to hit this ball over the fence. It's like, right. and then it's all you about get outs now. and then you get up, you know, play defense and the other team tries to do it. And so <laughs> honestly, like generally speaking, like that's extending the game. It like is. the way they're playing the game is extending the game. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I th- honestly think if Major League Baseball got back to some of the basics of the game, they need, it's to, all do these they need to do that. It's all yeah. these nerdy guys from Harvard that think analytics is how you win games. That, that can help you. But at the end of the day, if, you're, if your four-hole hitter can't hit a ball to left field when the shift is all the way to the right side, that's on the player. That It makes Dude, no sense to abs- Absolutely right, man. And I, I sit there as a player and watch the shift as a batter. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, how do they not? Ichiro would light well, up today's baseball. How do they not close their stance, bury their shoulder, and hit the ball to the backside? <laughs> it's like they're giving you a free double. All you have to do is hit it. I know. I mean, just put – you don't have to swing. Just stick the bat out there, and it'll go past the person in the infield. <laughs> yeah. Because the, the fields are so nice, it's going to roll forever. I don't want you or I to get too fired up. So let, let's break it up really quick. Do you have an I'm update sorry. on Taya and her favorite Drake uh, song? Let me see. By the way, uh, with the bigger bases, thank God Lloyd McClendon is not a manager anymore because he would have a tougher time taking the base out of the ground and taking it to the dugout with him when he gets pissed. 
he would be he would be in a struggle mode. By the way, it yeah, also brings me up to this idea. Um, I never really understood, and I had to look it up again. <laughs> I never knew we're talking about bases and bigger bases. I never really knew what first, second, and third base meant when we were talking about like high school girlfriends. I had to look it up again. That's how that's how embarrassing I am. But I oh, found boy. out that first base was just like kissing and making out. I knew that, but I was never clear on second and third base. I, I had to pull it up. I Googled bases sexually and I, I got my answer oh, pretty geez. quick. There's a yeah, diagram. Sure you did. There's a whole I'm damn sure diagram. <laughs> Let's That's see fine. here. Yep, there's a whole diagram. Uh right field apparently is eye contact from Janine Garofalo. <laughs> I don't know who Janine is, but she might be a looker. <laughs> oh, That's horrible. I'm just gonna stop you right there before you go any further. Tell <laughs> yeah, you what's that. your answer? I do have a I do have a Drake update and it says yeah. Drake will always be Jimmy Brooks on Degrassi for me. Jimmy Brooks? On Degrassi. I don't know what that means. Is that a song? You're you're asking the wrong person that question, man. That's just not what the to text be confused with Dylan Brooks. That's just what it says. I don't even know what that means. Before we get to what's in the bag with Poe this week, because that's how we're going to end the show. It's not. It's like the only. Uh, co-host of mine that it's not actually a game it's just revealing to everybody what new clubs are in the bag for you but before we get to that and before i'm actually in the bag if i drink another rolling rock uh, i've got a keep five cut five for you because i know both you and i are not lebron fans but i always see these things on twitter and instagram that just kind of get people thinking and debating and then they end up hating everyone but they have a keep five cut five to build your ultimate NBA starting five. Now they give you two point guards, two shooting guards, and two so forth all the way through the lineup. So I have a question. Are these current players or past players? It doesn't matter. It is a combination, my friend, a combination. Let's see if we can come together to a consensus team. So the point guard, which I find it interesting that these are the two, but it's either Magic Johnson or Steph Curry. Who would you take? I have a question. Yeah. Because I think this helps me with my answer what era are we doing this for current era or their era oh that's like, am i picking point. magic johnson to play in his era or am i picking seth curry to play in his era damn it that's a very good question i say we just do it now i'm still picking magic see i i was kind of thinking that too because first of all on all the highlights i've ever watched of magic johnson i don't think i've ever seen him shoot a jump shot have you i've never no. seen him shoot a jump shot why i would choose i personally think magic over steph is because I'm thinking of there's only one ball. And for a guy like Magic, who can rebound, who can defend, and who can pass, he's not going to need his shots. Now, I love Steph. Steph is my guy. He moves so well without the ball. I think he could actually be really good off the ball from like a LeBron or a Jordan or whoever. But I just think with one ball, so many of these other guys that we're going to discuss also want the ball. So I'm with you. I would actually take Magic. Yeah, I, the way I kind of look at that, too, to your point is, is I think about how exceptional Magic Johnson was in the time that he played, the era that he played in. Yeah. And it's just if I think about him as a player in his time frame, and then if you put him in the, today's world with the oh, new technology so and training and everything like that, I'm just like, dude, he's got to be amplified on a scale you can't even calculate. 
Yeah, that's why I have a hard time really liking the NBA because there's so many 20-point scores in the NBA now. But when teams are scoring 124 a night, is a 20-point score really that impressive? When Jordan was scoring 30 every year and his team was scoring just below 90, that's impressive to me. And that gets us to our shooting guard. So we're both on the magic train. To me, this is so difficult. As the shooting guard, the number two, Jordan or Kobe? So here's what's tough for me is I actually – I had once you said your previous sentence, I knew Jordan was going to be in there, but I wasn't sure if you were going to say LeBron or Jordan. Well, he's on there, but he's a small forward. See, and that's what I always thought he was a shooting guard. Um, and so, but between MJ and Kobe, I love Kobe and I thought he was fantastic, but I just, I can never not say LeBron or not LeBron, uh, but MJ's <laughs> name. MJ, the, the true jump man is always is always the go in basketball for me. And there's nobody who's ever going to be better. Kobe's exceptional and and everything like that, but nobody's better in my opinion than Michael. I I love Kobe. And for the longest time, I didn't like Kobe at all. And then I realized as I got older, why I didn't like him was because he was trying to be like Michael Jordan, his whole career. And I realized just how damn good he was at being like Mike. And it kind of offended me for sure. For sure. But, and obviously, it's a little bit tougher now that he's passed. And honestly, when he passed away, I cried for like two days. That, that was so damn sad. But I sad. I would have to take Jordan. I mean, they're so similar. It's a really, it's a win-win at the two position because they their games are identical. But I just mm-hmm. think if you want to win one game, if your life depended on it, and you don't take Michael Jordan, that's on you personally. Yeah, so sure. this is where it's going to get a little difficult. But here are two new uh, new school guys at the small forward position, which they're not really small. LeBron's 6'8", and Katie's basically 7 feet. Would you take LeBron James or Kevin Durant at the number three position? I would take Kevin Durant, and I wouldn't even have to think twice about it. Okay. And, I, and I'm going to tell you why. I was going to say, is this only I, because you hate LeBron like me, or is it because you think Katie's better? I, with the team that we're currently building, I think that LeBron's ego would be too much for this team. First of all, um, I think LeBron is not as good as he thinks he is. Personally speaking, he's a, he's an incredible athlete. I'm not yeah. going to take anything away from him and his abilities to play basketball because he is very very good. But I think he's a I stat think, chaser. Personally, I think KD does the exact same things that LeBron James does. And I think he does some of them better than LeBron. And I just think that there was so much hype around the name LeBron James when he turned, even before he turned 18, that even if he was, even if his numbers, his points per game or whatever he does throughout his career are lower than Jordan's, he's still going to be this bigger than life icon because of how he was built up from the time getting to the NBA. And when I look at Kevin Durant, I don't, he's not, he's not like idolized that way, but he's just as successful. He's just as good as player. His ball skills are just as good as LeBron's. He can jump out of the gym like LeBron can. And guess what? He doesn't choke like LeBron does either. Those well, are they all both leave that, teams and join other teams. They're, they're sure. the exact same person. I'm not a fan yeah. of either one of them. Personally, I would choose someone else. I, I don't know who that three would be, but I, I told my boss a couple of weeks ago, I don't know why LeBron isn't hated on as much as Kevin Durant because they've both done the exact same thing. The only difference is Durant actually might be a little bit worse than this is when LeBron left Cleveland the first time to go to Miami, he's the one that basically outside of the Celtics started this whole big three movement. 
but he at least didn't go to the team that beat them to go to the NBA Finals. Durant actually did it worse than LeBron because Durant went and joined a super team, which, by the way, the Warriors had drafted all of their superb athletes. The Warriors, I mean, they they drafted everybody, Clay, Steph, Draymond. But Durant goes and joins a team that beat them after they were up 3-1 on, on the Warriors. To me, that's worse. And for anyone that hears this, I am not a LeBron. So I, I don't like LeBron at all. But to say that Durant and what he did is worse than LeBron is saying something. The only thing that LeBron did wrong of going to Miami is how he did it. I think we can all agree that that's just terrible taste. For someone that knows the NBA and cares about his legacy, to not have the foresight to see that you're going to leave Cleveland on national television and expect them to be okay with that is idiotic. But it's hard yeah. for me. I, I would take Durant, and to be honest with you, the only reason I'm taking him is I just don't like LeBron, and I think his ego would get in the way a little bit. See, see you know what, man? And I don't even have a problem that Durant went to the team that won the finals the next year. I don't have an issue with that at all. I mean, that just tells me that he he's tired of losing. He wants to be on a team that he feels <laughs> it's like just he a can cop out. It, it's so it, easy, man. That team was it's so a, good it's a without cop him. Out, but it, <laughs> they were, and they were great without him. But yeah. to me, you don't you don't insult the fan base like that. You don't be a Cleveland boy. You, that stunt that he pulled, like you know, it. Nobody thought he was leaving because I didn't he think did he it that way. Right, right. Because if we did, if if he wouldn't have done that, people would have been like, oh yeah, he's going to Miami. That's I what they thought. God. I was working with the Columbus Clippers. I was writing a column on this as the rain poured in Columbus that day. And I told probably, it was probably my boss at the time and one of my buddies, I said, there's no way. And at the time, keep in mind, at the time, I was a Cleveland Cavaliers fan and I was a LeBron fan. And I told them, I said, there's no way he goes on national TV and leaves Cleveland. There's no way. For for a guy that claims to know the history of the league and knows everybody and knows their legacy and cares so much about his. And personally, I think he's a stat chaser because every time he has accomplished something recently in the NBA and has passed someone on a career numbers, he's always done it in a loss. Like he's not even helping his team win games. What did you say about baseball, Pote? End of the day, it's all about winning. Every time LeBron actually accomplishes something, it's for him and his team loses. But I was so shocked. I don't care. I want the ring, man. I want the trophy. Yeah, it's all about the the ring. Right. Yeah, it's all about the ring, man. At the end of the day, it has nothing. It's it, it. Think about, dude. There's so many great athletes like that that have just been like this amazing player and have never Barkley, won a title. Malone, Stockton. Right. You, their their legacies are tarnished because they don't have a ring, and that's and that's like, just basketball. I know. Like there's <laughs> all those other sports. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Kelly is a great example. Jim of that, Kelly, you know? absolutely. And it's just like. Who's a we got a minute left and then we can pick our last two. Who's a baseball guy that is excellent but doesn't have a ring? Can we? Oh, Griffey doesn't have one, right? Griffey, perfect example. Yeah, is Griffey doesn't have a ring. McGuire doesn't have one, right? Yeah, yeah, McGuire is steroid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. Um, uh, I mean, you know, guys like guys like Randy Johnson didn't have one for the longest time, and they got one there at the end of their career with the yeah, Diamondbacks. Yeah. Um, Garcia Parra, he never got one with the Red Sox. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many great athletes out there that, you know, just didn't get rings. Like um, Miguel Cabrera got one his like, very first year with the Florida Marlins. Right? Oh, my God, but you're right. He never he never got one past that point. So it's like there's yeah. there's just so many good players that uh, I don't think Vladdy Guerrero ever got one for the, for the Angels I, and the Expos. This would be interesting to look at because it, I don't know how much time we have left, but it would also be interesting to see the guys that are 
awful at their sport have like four rings. <laughs> they, For sure. they just pick the right team at the right time. Like, oh, got another one. This is really not that difficult. Yeah, Poe, this has become a fascinating conversation. So we will pick our power forward and our center for this team. So far, if you uh, have just lost uh, lost track of what we're doing, we've picked Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, and Kevin Durant on our keep five, cut five. We've cut Steph Curry, which pains me. We've cut Kobe, which just hurts my heart. And we cut LeBron, and, and that, that makes me happy. But we kind of got off topic here, and I think this is what makes it fascinating to do something like this, is we're trying to now determine – the best athletes to never win a championship. And you told me, and I could have sworn that Barry Bonds had one. Barry Bonds doesn't have a World Series ring. Is that correct? That is correct. So he played, he played 22 seasons with the Pirates and the Giants, and he's only been to the World Series one time and never got a ring. No but kidding. The, so we got uh, Mike Piazza. Oh, yeah. Mike All Pizza, fame catcher. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pizza face. Uh, Juan Marichal, pitcher. Who? Uh, Juan Marichal, pitcher way back in the day, 60s and 70s. Oh. Ichiro. Ichiro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony Gwynn. Yeah. Which holds some of the most insane hitter stats I've ever seen in my entire life. I was reading, reading one the other day. And it says he has struck out three times in a game in his entire career 20 times. That's it? Yeah. That Jim Marichal guy, um, Marishimo Cherry, I don't know him. Juan. One, yeah, um, too. So I'm not. There's a couple of the other names in here. They're super weird. Uh, Barry Bonds, we obviously touched on, but these are two big names right here in the game of baseball. Okay, um, they don't have rings that are, you know, icons and legends in the game. First one being Ted Williams for the Boston Red Sox, probably arguably, arguably the greatest hitter of all time. Yeah, uh, followed up by Ty Cobb, arguably one of the other greatest hitters of all time. And you know, to think about guys like that, to your point, you know, that don't have rings. That's crazy incredible players who just never got the opportunity to actually bring home that ring for their franchise. So insane. here's a, here's another baseball guy for you. Ernie Banks doesn't have a ring. Ernie Banks is another one. Yep. Old Cincinnati or uh, Chicago Cubs, a shortstop, incredible ball player. Yeah. Doesn't have a ring. So insane. We can go to football next. You brought up your guy, Jim Kelly. That's I, I forgot about him, but how could you, how could you forget? He played in four Super Bowls in a row and lost them all, which is, Gotta be sad and just horrifying. Uh, but we also brought up Dan Marino. I think those are probably the two that really stand out on the football side. I'm kind of scrolling through some of the best. Barry uh, Sanders Bar- doesn't have Barry. One. Barry Sanders is a good one. Yeah. Randy um, Moss surprisingly doesn't have one. The team was undefeated mm-hmm. and then losing the Super Bowl. Warren Moon. I don't know if you can say he's one of the great. Ladanian Tomlinson doesn't have one. Earl Campbell. Basketball is what I know the most, just because that's really what I grew up watching. We obviously know Carl Malone. We already talked John Stockton. And we talked Charles Barkley. But listen to some of these guys that a lot of these guys were because of Michael Jordan. Malone, Stockton, Barkley. But here's some other ones. Patrick Ewing. There's a nickname that I love for my dad, but I'm not going to say it on here. Um, Allen Iverson, surprisingly, never had one. Reggie Miller, always close, always played Michael Jordan in either the East Finals or the Semis. Steve Nash never had one. Uh, Dominique Wilkins. I wouldn't consider him one of the best of all time. He's a hell of a dunker, but he's on the list. Tracy McGrady hasn't had one. And George Gervin. You go really old school. George Gervin doesn't have an NBA championship. So that's a fascinating list of some real legends that don't have a ring, 
and how their legacies are almost a little tarnished because of the fact that they are missing that thing on their finger. Vince Carter on that list? Does he have a ring? You know what? When I saw Tracy, I was thinking the same thing. And something tells me that he has one, but it was obviously really late in his career. He was probably one of those guys at the end, uh, like at the end of his career that got one. Let me see if I can pull up. I'm going on Wikipedia, so we're going to just trust this. Vince Carter has never won a ring. Career history. It says he does not have a ring. You know what he does have, though, Pode? And this is big. I think everyone wants this. He won NBA Teammate of the Year in 2016. Now, that's saying that's something. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good award to have, for sure. And also, he was also the Sportsmanship Award winner in 2020. So, <laughs> you know, for all you pretty guys cool. with all those rings, like Bill Russell and MJ, screw you. Do you have a Teammate of the Year like Vince Carter? Yeah, he doesn't have one. <laughs> But yeah, when he I saw not. McGrady, I would argue McGrady is not as good as Vince. But all right, let's get back on topic. That That's fascinating. We do have two guys that's that fair. have stuck around. And ironically enough, we go to power forwards and we've got it between Tim Duncan and Dirk Nowitzki. Two guys, both champions, stuck around. Great teammates. I bet they have a teammate of the year award. But if we're picking power forwards right now, our team consists of Magic, Michael, KD. Are we going Timmy Dunks or Dirk Nowitzki? Timmy Duncan, no question in my mind. Okay. Great teammate, incredible rebounder, and he really, in my opinion, embodies the position of a power forward. He's not afraid to be in the paint. He's not afraid to use his body, back somebody down, hit him with the little hook, play that you know game inside the paint, inside the three-point line. And Novitsky can do that too, but he also would – step out, shoot some threes, and, you know, play a little bit more of that ball handler role. And based on the team that we're building, I don't need that. I already got the guys for that on this team. Yeah. And Tim Duncan's the guy that I want down low that's going to be able to keep that ball on our side of the half-court line. I mean, you look at our team right now. Uh, we've got a facilitator in Magic. You've got the ultimate closer in MJ. You've got just a freakish athlete with Link that can really do whatever you would need in Durant, except stay in one team. And then you've got two guys at power forwards that really epitomize the teammate and the team game. Dirk Nowitzki, Tim Duncan. Stayed in that team or those teams their whole careers. They won championships. They did it the right way. They're great teammates. They're taking pay cuts at the end of their career so their teams can continue to be contenders in a very difficult West. They're just easy guys to root for. And what we were concerned about picking our small forward was an ego situation. I would be almost 99 to 100% sure that ego is never going to get in the way of either one of those two guys. So this is an ultimate win-win for me. I just think the track record, like you said, with Tim Duncan is just a little better. I think Duncan from the beginning of his career shot off like a rocket. And ironically, he was in San Antonio playing the Rockets with Spurs. But I just think Tim Duncan with five rings, the big fundamental, Dirk is great. I just like Timmy Dunks a little bit better. And... It'll be interesting now because we have a center position that's a little fascinating. So we've got Shaq O'Neal or Akeem Olajuwon. For me, this is easy. Because yeah, it's for me, it's easy too. Which uh, it's Shaquille, Shaquille O'Neal me too. all day. Shaq was just when Shaq entered the league, he was a freak of yeah. nature compared to the rest of the league. The dude's a he's a monster, right? Nobody could, nobody would knew what to do with him. The only thing you knew to do with them is foul, so you had to shoot free throws, <laughs> yeah, right? <exactly>. But, <laughs> you know, Hakeem Olajuwon's great, but I don't think he has the ability to guard Shaquille O'Neal. 
that was that was my point. And if we're just picking between these two, this is some graphic I saw on Twitter. So don't get mad at us for choosing these. But my reason is is simply this: if those two guys are going against each other, who do you expect to have the better game? I know Akeem's a little bit quicker. Akeem could probably pull Shaq out a little bit, maybe make a sixteen footer. But man, what I would do every time down the floor is I would tell Shaq to get his big butt on one of the blocks. We're going to throw it down to him. One drop step and a dunk every time. And then when, let's say the team that we cut, so Steph, Kobe, LeBron, Dirk, and Hakeem, if those guys try to double Shaq, well, you've got a sharpshooter in Durant as a three-point guy. Again, I, I (laughs) I wouldn't double someone and leave Jordan open. But you got Jordan on one side, and then you got Magic as the cutter who could facilitate everything. And then, oh, by the way, you also have Timmy on the other side who could bank it in from anywhere. Shaq, I just think on one-on-one, beats Akeem. So Shaq's my guy, too. I think it's pretty simple. As maybe one of the most dominant forces and figures in all of professional sports ever, I don't know why you wouldn't take Shaq. For sure. I can agree. It's actually kind of funny. When we started this, you were a little unsure if we were even going to agree on this. So <laughs> yeah. it's funny. We've actually agreed on every single one so far. And yeah. And looking back at him, I as soon as you told me the first one, I was like, ooh, he may not pick magic. Yeah. He's probably gonna go with Steph here. If Kobe was somewhere else in this, like yeah. if he was if you told me he was a small forward, I would have picked him. You picked the only person to go against Kobe that wouldn't let me pick Kobe Bryant. Lee <laughs> yeah. Jordan. I thought where we would defer. Is, I knew you weren't picking LeBron, and I kind of thought you would say Kobe, but then I was like, at the same time, it's really tough for anyone personally to pick against Jordan, regardless of who you're comparing him to. You know what mm-hmm. I would say, since we both weren't really the happiest with picking our small forwards, I would throw in an honorable mention to see if you like this to replace Kevin Durant or LeBron. What about Larry Bird? I would Larry, have Larry Bird. Is, I would have picked Larry Bird in the second over either one of those two. Would you? I just like the mm-hmm. famous line from Space Jam. Larry's not white. Larry's clear. <laughs> Larry's clear. One of my I mean, there's a lot of, I'll tell you what, man, I would have picked Julius Irving over both of them. I would pick oh, Scotty Pippen over both of them. I would See, picked, I wouldn't take um, Scotty because I, 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 I grew up a diehard Bulls fan. I didn't think, I don't think Scotty could make the shots that, that Larry Bird could. I would, I would take Bird over Dr. J. Shrimp. Dennis Jerry Shackhouse. It has Charles Barkley listed as a small forward. No, that's incorrect. He was a power forward. There's no way that he'd be a small forward. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, this is it even has yeah, this is this list is kind of off. So it must just be anybody that's ever played small forward. Did you say Detlef Shrimp? Detlef Shrimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is played on the Super the Seattle Super Sonics against the Bulls in ninety six. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with coconut mm-hmm. shrimp. Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> De- Detlef Shrimp. Yep. Yeah. Too Great funny. Name. Speaking of great names, you know what we did not do after I kind of thought we should on the third hole? Remember what I said? We should name each hole as we walk up the fairways a random college basketball player's name. We didn't do that. That would have been so fun. We had 15 holes to do that. We didn't do that at all. Let's do it now. Name a the first college basketball player's name that comes to your head, right off the top of your head. Go. Jerry McNamara. Oh, (laughs) Syracuse guy. Very nice. Uh, Let me think if I can come up with one that's just really off the wall. Here you go. Brandon Foose Cheatham, Ohio State guy. Sucked. I remember that name. I remember <laughs> he, that name. Played for the Buckeyes. Not very good. All right. We'll circle back and, and we'll finish it up here again. This isn't a game, but this is how we end the show with my guy Pode because he's always got some new club or new set of something in his golf bag. So we have kicked off or I guess teed off the golf season as we played last Sunday. 
I think you're waiting on some new clubs, but our guy Joey is bringing you some new golf clubs this weekend. What are they? And will you put them in the bag the next time you play? Yeah, absolutely. They'll definitely, they're, they're awaiting their return to the bag. So, um, (laughs) uh, broke the shaft of my driver last year, actually broke two last year. One broke just seven and a half. So he's actually repaired that one for me. And then I had a, one of my adapters broke on my other, my backup driver shaft. So he's fixing those for me, which is going to be great. So none of these breakages were out of anger, correct? No, they just Good for you. Good for you. And then, um, I have a I have an old set of Mizuno irons called Comp Easies, um, and people that have played Mizuno irons for a long time will know what they are. Um, and so they're actually they've been stripped down, um, cleaned up, redone, pretty much refinished because of Joey's taking good care of me, uh, reshafted and regripped, and I will have those back on Friday, maybe Saturday. He's working with some snow up in Michigan, so yeah, um, whenever I get those back from him, they're going right in the bag. Uh, they're they're fantastic. They're old. They're probably from. 2001 is when they were okay. made, but they're phenomenal clubs that you just don't, they don't make clubs like that anymore. So those are going in the bag. Nothing else has really changed. Everything's, I've been trying to get a little more consistent and just slow it down a little bit. <laughs> All right. We have to the go golf through, balls have uh, we have to go through a quick numbers game. You ready for this? We're sure. going to go with set numbers. So we're going to go first with drivers. How many drivers do you currently have in your ownership or possession? Not that you use because you can only use one. How many drivers do you have in total to your name? Three. Three. Fairway woods. Hybrids are included in this. Three woods, five woods, hybrids all together. Total fairway woods. Does it it count if I just have the head of the club? No, it's got to be a usable club. Oh, okay. Three. Three. Sets of irons. How many? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me count. Hold on. <laughs> Play the Jeopardy music right now and get booted off of Spotify. <laughs> I could look up that Jimmy Brooks song while we're waiting. I think he's up to five now, eight. folks. Eight. Holy eight. hell. Eight of them. What's eight. your most common brand? Is it Mizuno? Mizuno. You have eight have... sets of irons. No wonder you had to buy a bigger house. All right. How many sets of wedges do you have? Wedges is a little bit more difficult because you have different lofts, you have different brands, but do you, because for me, I only do Titleist Vokey. I'm a stickler. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I have four fairway woods. I just forgot about one. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then when you say sets of wedges, do you want the each individual wedge or do you want like a set of two or a set of three? No, that's what's difficult. Let's just do brand name wedges. So let's say you have one Callaway wedge. That counts as one. Let's say you have six different variations of Titleist. That's two. I have, uh, (laughs) I have two Nike wedges. Okay. So that, that, we're just going to count that as one, just the brand. name. Yeah. I have It's like his own superstore. (laughs) So I have four. Four, my goodness! All right, four total. And I think I yeah, always thought that this was your your weakness, but I'm thinking irons might be. I, I guess I'm going to put the under eight for putters. But how many putters do you have? There's no way you don't you don't have more than eight putters, do you? No, I have. I think I have five. <laughs> so I have. No, hold on. This is great. Keep in mind, kids. So this I have, is a guy I that have, was an avid baseball player in high school and laughed at me when I started to golf. And then he, when he played with me, he's like, "Man, this is actually really fun." <laughs> I have more baseball bats than I do golf clubs. Just, I just in so. baseball equipment. That's true. I have a Scotty Cameron. Yep. <laughs> oh, I have two Mizunos. 
a Nike, and an Odyssey. So we're going to count the old one too. So six. Yes. Six. All right. So here, here's the final score, kids. We also got the update. And just to confirm, Taya's favorite Drake song, Jimmy Brooks. What's the Degrassi part? Is that like a wine? You don't know either? Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never even heard of it. People That's can roast us later like, oh my God, you don't know what Degrassi means? No, I have no freaking idea. Here's the final scoreboard. Then we'll get out of here. Pod's got three drivers, four fairway woods, eight sets of irons, four brands of wedges, and six putters. It's, a, it's fascinating. Yes. Joey is only employed financially and comfortable financially because of our co-host today, Andrew John Podolak. <laughs> You're doing God's well, work, you. Pod. You're thank keeping you. Joey above red numbers. <laughs> You're welcome, Joey. But see, here's the thing. Joey needs to pay you back. And by with all these clubs he's fixing for you, he needs to get you into red numbers. That's the difference. Well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks to my company today. For my co-host, Andy Podolak, I'm Matt Brubaker. The soundtrack for the show is brought to you by PremiumBeats.com. Please like, subscribe, and follow me on the Twitter machine, personal at MattBrew3, the show at Brew & Company. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, life isn't about the people you meet, but about the company you keep. Until next payday, cheers. Cheers.